Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Illuminator's Quest podcast, where we talk everything Lorcana. I'm Zach. And I'm Jacob. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. Okay, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the one episode we've been looking forward to most thus far. We're doing a meta review. Which we of have chapter not done two. yet. No. For chapter one, we have not done it for Lorcana yet. I think it's probably a good thing. Had we done this chapter one, <laughs> we probably would have been really, really wrong slash busted. But and to be, this is. Q1 of chapter 2 meta report. Like, this is... It's definitely starting to solidify. It's starting It's starting to have a beginning, but, like, I feel like Steel Song came in the second half of even chapter 1. That might be fair, but I also think it didn't materialize itself very, very well until, like, halfway through, and then it really started to solidify after that, and so... That's the difference I see, but anyways, yeah, so we, we're doing a meta review. We're talking about all the meta decks, what is like super, super strong, how you can kind of play the decks, why they're so strong, you know, if you want to, if you have some of these components, you know, to try to make your own one of these versions. Um, but yeah, just to help you understand like what's going on in the competitive world a little bit, how you can compete really strong if you want to in some of those worlds, or how you can take some of these elements and maybe do better in your own league, if that's all you're looking for, is just to you know get some tips and tricks. This should hopefully help. So, with that said, as always, um, thanks for listening. If you're listening on the audio version on a podcast network like Spotify or Apple, we appreciate it. If you're listening on YouTube, uh, we are at Illumineers Quest. If you're not, um, you can follow us on uh, Twitter as well, at Pod and shoot us some questions or notes. You can also email us at lorconopod at gmail.com and shoot us any notes or questions you have as well. Sound good? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> you're not telling me, are you? I'm, no, I'm not. I'm just, just messing with you. Okay, so comments slash questions from listeners. As we mentioned in the last episode, we we're trying to get caught up because we have had a ton of support recently and a ton of questions and comments. And so... Yes, we're trying to catch up. So if you've if you've submitted us something, we're going we're trying to go back through everything and get it all, and we really appreciate it. And so the first one I want to discuss because it's very relevant is um, from Dan and Lily on on X slash Twitter, and the comment is I'm curious on our thoughts on on how your thoughts have shifted with the current popsicle meta and the latest Pixelborn stats. Um, I really like Emerald, but haven't gotten any Floodborne Cheshires yet. So mainly around the popsicle meta, which again very relevant because we're going to be talking about the popsicle meta here very shortly. Um, at first, had I answered this right after you had asked it, I probably would have said it's incredibly annoying. I hate it. It's going to be very terrible. It's going to be way worse than any other deck in the game because there's just no beating it. I think that that has shifted a little bit now. I think it, there are some chinks in the armor. And I think it's a very strong meta deck. I don't think it's the meta deck. I agree. So, um, and we'll get we'll get in, into it. Into we'll get that. into it further. But that's my initial thoughts. Um, the other one. But again, real quick, thank you guys for all the comments, like, and all this. Yeah, thank you for the it's, support. It's, it's so much more fun to be able to do this piece of the episode as well. It's like, so. oh, there's real people listening to us. It's it's great. <laughs> yep. And secondly, the one I wanted to mention is a comment from the. Uh, art episode last time for the second episode of chapter two it says judy carries around the recordable carrot pen to record the villains we how did i so miss i that? noticed that once how i saw I the card that? i'm like that's what it is i know yeah. i missed that i'm so sad that i'm like i call myself a disney fan and i missed that i told i i responded to disney north on on twitter and said hey i, I clearly have to rewatch the movie because i definitely missed that um 
But yeah, I, so we did get some love on the art episode. Really appreciate that one. Um, but yeah, those were the two big ones I wanted to talk about this time at least. A few more that we need to get to. So um, if you have submitted a question and we haven't said anything yet, um, we'll get to, we're trying to get through everything. Appreciate it again. Um, okay, card of the week. You went last time, so I guess that technically means it's my turn, right? I believe so. Okay, so I, I really don't have anything. I don't. I, the problem is I don't remember what we've talked about. We need to. We need to have been writing these down. Well, we're supposed to update the list. I know, but... and we and I haven't been, and I haven't been, and so it's on me. Um, I'm going to talk about Daisy Duck though. I don't think we've talked about Daisy. We talked about her last time. Um, we had to speed through it though. We did have to speed through it a little bit, and we unfortunately messed up the video version of the episode of our tier list, and so that's really unfortunate as well. Uh, but Daisy Duck, Secret Agent, she's a four cost inkable, two strength, three willpower, quests for two, and Emerald. And it says whenever this character quests, your opponent chooses and discards a card. So the reason I like her so much for the discard meta is because when she's on the board, your opponent knows that next turn they can't have any cards in their hand, or if they do have a card in their hand, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to have to discard it, and so it's very oppressive in the sense that they have to do a lot to try to get her off the board. If you pay her with Simba Bodyguard or a Protective Cub, it's even harder to get her off the board and even more oppressive. And so I just I like the the pressure that it puts on your opponent to have to deal with it. Absolutely, I agree. Any other thoughts? Just agree. It's been a long day. <laughs> okay. I agree with your thoughts. <laughs> Well, that's fine because we've got a lot to talk about so we can start to to jump into some of the other stuff. So on the news slash what's on our mind slash league recap of last episode, we didn't really talk much about like our experience at league so far. But, but there's been some changes. We've Yeah, th- I want to talk about that too. I also want to say we've played with Chapter 2 cards a couple weeks now, but this was this past Tuesday that we had was the first like actual stickered um, like league night mm-hmm. for Chapter 2. Um, do you want to talk about the changes or do you want me to? No, go for it. Go for it. Okay, so we're, again, noobs to TCG and leagues like this, and this is our first time. The Apparently, Ravensburger has asked that they use Melee.gg, which is a like an online TCG platform that like hosts and matches and pairs people in the local leagues. And so I don't know. I think I imagine that everybody's doing this now, but we got paired up with our opponents this time versus just kind of going, "Hey, hey, you want to play?" or you know, getting to play each other or getting to play with our friends or whatever the case might be. We got paired up with three random people and played them, which positives and negatives too. Positive, I played someone new I've never played before. Got to meet him, cool guy, fun to play. Um, not fun. I didn't get to play you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also, that's like my personal. Plus and minus, I want to talk on a larger scale real quick, and then I'll get your thoughts on it. It makes it a lot more sweaty. Mm. Like, it, it, does, it, it takes away the fun, new, cool, like, kind of just, you know, lighthearted vibes of it. It makes it very competitive, very strategic, very sweaty. If you're a gamer and you understand the term sweaty, try hard, then that's how it felt to me. Yeah, you you feel like I don't know about you, but you almost felt like a claustrophobicness a little bit. Yeah. Like it just felt pressured. A little bit actually. I don't um, agree with that. It 
again, I think it sucked out all the fun out of it. Um, there's still the fun of, you know, getting, um, really satisfying, you know, victories and stuff like that against people maybe you weren't expecting victories from. Yeah. I mean, I, I played three of the better people in our league and I've won two of them. Um, so, I mean, there, there is, there is positives. I just think that, um, it just took a, like, it's also a lot longer. There were three games instead of two. Um, I took, I think probably two hours and 30 minutes for us to all be done. Um, which ours, our league night is, is at night. Um, so that we were done around like nine ish, I think, um, our time. 8.30. I think we, I think we left at 8.30, but regardless, yeah, I mean, it, it takes a lot longer. Um, I hope, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that we're going to be doing this for the rest of the, the set. Um, I hope this, this, they're able to find a better program by chapter three. Um, I don't, I think this is the program. Like, I think I, this is how it goes. I, 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 hopefully they, I see, I mean, this works with other TCGs probably. I don't know yeah. where it's used. Um, this is just supposed to be, and from what we've heard from Ravensburger themselves, like a light, but still fun, strategic game. Um, and this just takes a lot of that out of it. I agree. The other piece on top of it is, and I hope that this isn't like for everybody that's listening for all their leagues, but they got rid of like the fun stickers. Like the only quote fun sticker left is wearing a Disney shirt. But like, you know, if you look at the manual for the leagues, it's like you get a sticker for playing two Floodborne characters at the same time. You get a sticker for doing like a Basil slash Great Mouse Detective deck. You get a sticker for doing a Popsicle Zootopia deck. Like our, our local gaming store got rid of all those. And I don't like that at all. That like, that re like, Melee.gg and the matching up and the competitiveness that we already talked about that that brings, plus removing all of the stickers that you get for doing fun things like playing those decks, that makes it an extremely competitive environment and takes a lot of like the learning, you know, gathering new people into the TCG space and mm -hmm. trying to have fun together. Like, it takes a lot of that out of it for me. Yeah, I, I mean, to be completely honest, I came away from that. Like, when I went home, it was just a really negative experience. Like, I still enjoyed getting to play. It just wasn't fun. Like, it, it just... I don't know. It's not... Like, usually, League Week was a highlight of my week. It's just this takes away that, I think, honestly. Well, that's a bummer, because I still had a lot of fun. I just think it doesn't have the same vibe that I was looking for. I just think it takes away, like, the, the specialness that Lorcana added. Like, Lorcana had this unique feel to it and unique like atmosphere kind of around it and this just took away from it i i think it no i think that's totally fair i just totally fair. really i mean again i i'm not saying this because i had a bad playing experience i won two out of my three games like i'm not i'm not saying that because i went against tough people um i i did i had good games um it just was overall just a really negative atmosphere. The vibe, the vibes were way more intense. I felt, and for last, last my thought, last thought on this is like, I felt like I had to be very like rule oriented. Like I had to exert my ink perfectly, mm -hmm. and I had to like draw perfectly, and I had to like cut the opponent's deck perfectly, and yeah. and like all that. It wasn't just like let's go and play with friends. Like that's why I loved it before, because it was like let's just go play with friends. Didn't have that anymore. Yeah, it feels like a tournament atmosphere every week now, and I. It is what it is. Um, I will say this, because I know how you are. Just don't, like, I agree with everything you've said, but just don't put the pressure 
like on you to like not have fun like go meet some new people like make some friends you know just don't just try to make it more lighthearted like we want and then we can go from there i will say this has made me come up with an idea though this whole experience is that maybe maybe you get together some friends some family make a league yourselves and be yeah do records and stuff like that um my family's talked about that a little bit so i'm in for that obviously um, something you can can do um if you're not if you're like me and not agreeing with the new way of doing things um but sorry to be negative i don't like being negative on on it's not negative that's just your honest thoughts there's nothing wrong with that um i i I generally don't like like negative you know negativity hard negativity like that in in my opinion um all good but i that's just really how i feel about this Yep. Well, we'll keep you updated. And I, like like we said, I would genuinely like to know how everybody else's experiences went. Yes, And definitely. if you're playing in a league and they switched to Melee.gg and this is your first time doing it, what are your thoughts? All of that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so... Also, tell me if I need to man up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me that too. No, we're out here to have fun with our friends and that's what the vibe you're going for. It's no big deal. Okay. Meta review. So the, the thing, I'll, I'll preface with this. So these are the strongest decks in the game currently. There's quite a few of them, so I like that a lot. I think towards like the beginning of set one, there was Ruby Amethyst, as you mentioned. Like a little bit after Ruby Amethyst came Steel Steel Song, and then at the very very end of it, you had some like aggro amber sapphire decks. You had a little bit more like amber amethyst aggro decks, and even a tiny 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 bit of emerald thrown in there. But it was mainly Steel Song and Ruby Amethyst. Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what it was. So, as of today, I think there are five really strong decks. The report that I've seen on, that I've been following from the, the high ranking people that know what they're doing more than I do on uh, X is that there's four, but I threw in a fifth. And so we'll talk through it. So, really quickly, we'll go into all of these deeper, but just as a quick preview, we have Ruby Amethyst 2.0, as I'm calling it. We have the Steel Song 2.0. We have the Popsicle, which we've talked about quite a bit now. We've got Amber Amethyst Hyper Aggro. So those are the main four that everybody else has talked about. And I threw in the Prince John discard because I think that that won a tournament in France, I want to mm-hmm. say, last week. I think you're so right. if it's winning a tournament, like it's, it, I mean, it's got to be up there somehow. So those are the five. Um, Let's get into it. So I'm going to start with Prince John, and we're going to like work our way up to like what are the, the kind of the strongest ones here. So Prince John discard. Talked a little bit about this in our um, tier list, but Prince John discard is a amber emerald deck. It the package that it revolves around is Prince John, Daisy Duck, uh, You Have Forgotten Me, Hypnotized, and Sudden Chill. So, Hypnotize, Sudden Chill, You Have Forgotten Me, three cards that force your opponents to discard a card. Daisy Duck also forces your opponent to discard a card when she quests. Um, I've also thrown in Flynn Rider from Chapter 1, because if he is challenged, then he your opponent has to discard a card. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also thrown in Simba Protective Cub because he helps protect some of those things. He can sing a sudden chill because it's a two-cost song. Allows you to quest with Prince John if you wanted to as well. Yep, yep. Allows you to um, quest with Prince John. You also have the new Flynn Rider Floodborne that 
has the really weird strange ability that quests for four if your opponent's hand is empty and loses a lore for every card in your opponent's hand from there. So it's really strong if you're able to discard your opponent's hand. Um, obviously there's some other things you can throw in there. My other things that I've thrown in there that I think are really fun and strong are um, Mother Knows Best, which is bounce card back to your opponent's hand, and Genie on the Job, which does the same thing um, on play. And the reason I like those the best are is let's say your opponent's hand is empty and you sing Mother Knows Best and then quest with Daisy Duck. Guess what? That card you just you just bounce back to their hand is gone. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's pretty too. fun, right? It's pretty fun, yeah. Um, really mean. Really mean. So that's kind of the package. Um, that's kind of the way it works is you try to get a little bit of board control early on. Um, turn three, play Prince John and sing... Sudden Chill, ideally, to get another card and to um, to get Prince John on the board and to have a couple cards of you know pressure. Then turn four, ideally, you play Daisy Duck or You Have Forgotten Me. Um, you Have Forgotten Me is a really good option if your opponent doesn't have very many cards in their hand. If they do have a few cards in their hand, then I'd probably go Daisy over um, You Have Forgotten Me. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of like the the thought is you you get some board pressure, get some board presence, and then try to discard their entire hand so that they don't have a lot of options to ink and play. They have to do one or the other. No, I I think it's it's really solid. Like, I just think it is really like your opponent has to move around it. Like, there's no your opponent has to do something about that. Like, there's is no moving around it or. Like what they're doing can just work through it. Like you're you are completely disrupting what they're doing. There's there's really two ways that I've found to work around this. One, have a ton of card draw. I mean, if you can outdraw their discards, it doesn't matter then. Um, which Ruby Amethyst 2.0 definitely does. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, secondarily, you have to have a lot of cheap cards. And you can't ink every turn. You have to be very cognizant of your inks and make sure you really need them. If you are at three or four ink and you've got a couple three or four cost cards on your hand, it's probably worth to try to start doing some board damage before you start inking again. Try to get Prince John off the board, try to get Daisy off the board, and then keep a couple cards in your hand because you know another discard is probably coming. That's, that's the way that I've done it. I've played a ton of Pixelborn discard with Prince John had a decent amount of success with it it's really fun and you feel really bad for your opponent at the same time <laughs> it's it's nasty you we played for the first time we played chapter two for the first time right before we started recording this and i played it with you for the first time and i would say that you were not super happy with it no i was really mad really <laughs> mad <laughs> um so yeah that that's kind of the first that's kind of the first one is print you know the prince john package on discard I think it's really fun because it's a brand new way to play the game. It's completely different. Which is completely. why which is why I like it so much. Um and we've got a few of those. Um so I'm glad that it's not just not, like you said earlier, two point versions of chapter one. Um we have completely new ways of playing the game and I think that's why um this discard Prince John is is a great deck. Yep. And um speaking of new ways of playing this game, I don't think this one's brand new, but item recursion through popsicle. Popsicle. So Sapphire's biggest weakness, chapter one, was that you could ink, 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 ink incredibly quickly with Gramatala, Mickey Detective, um, Fishbone Quill, 
but then you'd burn your hand out really fast and you'd get to a top deck unless you pretty much like a whole new world it, at which point you're you're in a lot of cases helping your opponent too. So I you know try to be very strategic with my whole new worlds. Um, Popsicle recursion completely fixes the sapphire draw card problem that you had in chapter one. Um, along with, uh, of course, Flavisham works. I mean, goes yes. in tandem. With, yes. So, um, but yeah, go ahead. I'll give you the quick rundown, and then you can give me your thoughts. So the core package here, as we said with Prince John, uh, discard deck is Popsicle, uh, here in Flavisham, uh, Nick Wild. I said Popsicle, right? Mm -hmm. Um. I would even like maybe throw in like Judy Hops um, because she can banish items and draw off of it. Um, but those are the main three Nick Wilde, Here and Flavisham, and Popsicle. And so the way that this works is when Hiram is played and whenever he quests, you get to banish an item to draw two cards. So turn four, Hiram is played, he banishes your Popsicle, you get to draw two cards. Turn five, Nick Wilde is played, brings Popsicle back, play Popsicle again, quest, draw two cards, and in three turns, if Hiram isn't checked, you've drawn six cards off of him. You probably even have something like Winnie the Pooh on the board that you're inking with that whole time and putting stuff into your inkwell. Haven't even gotten to that. So on top of your ability to draw six cards with Fishbone Quill and Grimatala and Winnie the Pooh, um, Thinking, I can't remember the thinking, substrate. Thinking thoughts? Happy thoughts? Ha thinking. Yeah, thinking he's pondering with a bunch of honey around. Um, having a think. <laughs> having, having a, a think. think. Okay. Um, which is basically the fishbone quill equivalent to of a character. Is you can ink all of those cards you're drawing. Draw ink, draw ink, draw ink. And then you get to the point where you're above the be prepared line. So I guess we didn't say this, but that package is also paired with Ruby. So from the Ruby side, you have uh, Maui, you have, which is more or less direct removal. You have uh, Lady Tremaine, which we talked about in our tier list, which might be my favorite card, which is direct removal. You have Hades, which is direct removal. You have Maleficent Monstrous Dragon, which is direct removal. You have Be Prepared, of course, which is direct removal. You have Let It Go, which is a song, which is direct removal. So. If I sound like a broken record, I do, I am, because in my version of the Popsicle deck, I have 20, unless you didn't hear me, in case you didn't hear me, 20 direct removal cards. It's a nuts. It's absolutely insane. Every card you play after Be Prepared is basically a direct removal card. So then are you, what are you doing to stay on the board and like what are you doing to win the game? That's the, that's, so... We'll give a little history here. Like two weeks ago now, when when this like really started to solidify as a deck, the 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 kicker was that you just removal and quest, removal and quest. the The problem now is is that Ruby Amethyst two point really kind of counters it, and I'll get into it a little bit more on Ruby Amethyst. Um, but the way that Popsicle works is is you basically just out remove your opponent. The this has the most direct removal in the game. And so there's really no way for your opponent to keep up with the direct removal. At which point, once you're past that be prepared line, then you're able to just remove every single turn and 
at some point they're going to burn out and you're not and you're going to have characters left on the board. I'm assuming, do you have Legendary Bell in this? Does that, does that even mm -hmm. work with this? Okay. I know some people do. I personally don't. I have erred on the side of heavy removal because like if you're playing a Ruby Amethyst 2.0 or a um, Steel Song or something else, she's probably getting removed before she plays anyways. Sure. And so I just erred into the like super heavy control deck. Um, but yeah, that's the package. Popsicle recursion with Nick Wilde and Hiram until you get to be prepared. You're inking really heavily with Fishbone Quill and, and uh, Winnie the Pooh to get to be prepared by like turn four or five even potentially. Um, you be prepared the board and then you control everything because you have 20 direct removal cards. I like it. It's fun. It's insane. It, it's really, really, really demoralizing because like I said, pretty much every turn you know that they're going to have direct removal of some sort. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's insane and it's incredibly annoying and, and controlling to have to play against. So the, the, the one chinks in the armor that I see is again is you can get ramped up really quick and so that's why this one works much better than chapter one. Um, but if you, there, there are ways to slow that engine down. If you don't get Hiram, if you don't get Nick Wilde, if you don't have that card draw after like turn five, then you're done. You don't have popsicle. Either. Yeah. If you, if if somebody is if your opponent is able to deal with your items, if your opponent is able to deal with Hiram, keeping him from continuing to draw, then you can burn yourself out pretty quick. Um, and then be in trouble and have to just really kind of be scrappy until you can get to more draw, at which point then you can kind of get back in the game. Um, but that's why I think Ruby Amethyst 2.0 is slightly better because you control your own card draw. Mm -hmm. Hiram and Popsicle, you're not completely in control because you can draw two off of Hiram every time, but if you need more than that, he's probably getting banished and you don't have the opportunity to draw more. Yeah. And if they interrupt your items, like I said, with a uh, Benja or a Judy Hops, um, then you just never have the opportunity to draw to begin with. Okay, so that's uh, that's your Ruby Sapphire Pop Sickle control deck. I mean, again, I th I still think that it is a new enough concept like it is it is still kind of an upgrade over chapter one style of deck yeah for sure um but it is it is new like it is i think it a lot of it is a new concept of playing and a new way of playing in the meta at least yeah i agree i i mean i think it's fun i was like totally on the popsicle train um i've i've kind of started to hedge a little more towards ruby amethyst which we'll get into but i still think it's a fun deck i still think it's a relatively obtainable deck on the lower end. Mm -hmm. So like your your Nick Wilds, your Hiram's, your Popsicles, like all of those are really pretty cheap to get on TCG Player. The problem you run into is all of the remo the high-end removal, your Hades, your Maleficence, your Be Prepareds, your... Um, Dragonfire. Your, yeah, I mean, you can substitute Dragonfire in for Lady Tremaine if you want, but Lady Tremaine, like, all, like some of those get in, can, can get to be pretty pricey, and so... You can play different versions of it, as you mentioned. You can play Bell to try to be a little bit more aggressive with your deck. Um, post be prepared. You can play, uh, you know, if you want to get into like Noi. We talked about Noi a little bit. She's pretty good um, to have in the deck. You can get into even Alice if you have Alice versus some of the other ones. I think you can do 
um, Aurora, which also helps like here keep Hiram on board. So I think there's some other packages. Like if you're not trying to be the most sweaty popsicle player and just want to kind of take that draw package into your league, those are the you know Nick, Hiram, popsicle are the main three, and you can kind of fill out around that. Okay, let's get into Amber Amethyst Hyper Aggro, and then we'll get into the two 2.0 decks after this. Alrighty. So Amber Amethyst Aggro is probably my least favorite to play against um, because fair. because I, I play fair. more against a I play more of a control style mid range deck and it's so fast that if you have a bad draw then you're off to a bad game you're gonna have a bad game you're gonna lose so, so Amber Amethyst Hyper Aggro revolves around Arthur from uh, Amethyst in the second set it revolves around Pinocchio the two lore or sorry two cost three lore uh, Pinocchio from the second set and if I could not accidentally go off the wrong page and actually give you the subscripts so Pinocchio star attraction the one strength one willpower quest for three Pinocchio you have Arthur the one strength three willpower quest for one wizard's apprentice um, you have the one cost two willpower cards two. from chapter one being Lilo and Maleficent the two lore too lore. Sorry. Thank no, you. I'm just getting you... No, I, I need you to talk more and, and let me not put my foot in my mouth so much. We have Lilo making a wish from Chapter 1 um, is the the Amber version. And then we have Maleficent biting her time, which is the same card but in an Amethyst from Chapter 1. So between those five cards I've mentioned, or four cards, you have like seven lore a turn it's crazy the real kick and it's not even like you're trying to protect him like i know Sim simba's in the deck and can protect and slow down some but this deck is so fast that it doesn't you don't even care if they're removing after you quest the one kicker is and so again for people who haven't watched or listened to the our our episode on our tier list or know who the arthur card is very well arthur has an ability and whenever arthur quests it says you may return another chosen character of yours to your hand and gain two more lore. So the, the ideal line here is turn one, Maleficent or Lilo, gain two lore, turn two. Turn two, Pinocchio, you can either quest or not, depending on your opponent's board presence. You can potentially quest for three, so there's five lore after two turns. On turn three, you play Arthur, and you potentially quest for two or three more, depending on you know what your opponent has removed. So there's seven or eight after three turns. On turn four, if you still have Pinocchio, ideally, on your board, you quest with Pinocchio for three, you quest with Arthur for one, you bounce Pinocchio, and then you get two more lore from Arthur. So now you're at like 12 after four turns. Crazy. And your opponent can't even do anything. Because they can remove one of them, but they're so cheap that you're just playing another one. Mm -hmm. So, the bane of this deck's existence is without a doubt steel. Everything you're playing has one willpower. Pinocchio has one willpower. Maleficent has one willpower. Lilo has one willpower. Direct removal is not something to go home about. So if you're playing against steel, I think you're going to have a really bad time here. But I think Arthur's the only really kind of expensive card i think arthur's like 15 bucks a piece 
everything else is like under 10. So if you're trying to make a relatively um, fun, quick, fast-paced deck that's relatively cheap, this is a great way to go. I think this is really simple. Like, it's... So like when playing Lorcana, especially like we were talking about with League, it can get like it can get really confusing sometimes. It can be a lot on your mind. It can just be really heavy sometimes. Um, even with a lower strategy game like Lorcana, it can still get even for newer players too. It can get like deep into strategy. This is one you can pop into, not really worry about much. So easy. Play quest. Play quest. Play quest. You you should be fine like ninety percent of the time. So the rest of the package to kind of fill out this deck um, in the most sweaty meta form is uh, Cinderella Ballroom Sensation from the new set that can uh, has Singer 3. So she can, on turn 2, she can sink uh, friends on the other side to draw if you need it. You also have Maleficent to draw if you need it from Chapter 1. Uh, the 3 cost, 2 strength, 2 willpower version. You've also got um, Merlin Rabbit to draw if you need it. And then probably most, or not most importantly, but another really good one to have that's really easy to come by is Merlin Goat. So Merlin Goat is a four cost inkable and amethyst for chapter two. And he gets a lore when he's played and he gets a lore when he's removed. So another really good turn four line is to play Goat, get one lore, quest with Arthur, get one lore, Remove goat, get one lore from him removing play, and then get two more lore from Arthur's ability from removing goat. So that's a six lore quest just from Arthur questing once. So that that I mean, again, it, there's just so many opportunities, and then there's nothing they can even do about the goat because he's gone before they can even try to remove him. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the package. It's insane. It's it's it's, it's, it's really straightforward. Uh, it's not fun to play against. If you don't have steel, you're gonna have a bad time. Yep, it's really all there is to say. Yep, I completely agree. It's it, I overall though, I really think it is. It's just it's just an easy one to pick up and play. Yeah. Um, you're gonna make all of your friends upset if you play against them. Uh, not as upset as the PJ discard though. I think this makes them more upset because you're just winning like that. I've lost to this with the opponent having four ink before, so I get it. I think I think your friend's like, hey, let's just play Lorcana, and then you win in five seconds. You know, it's like... <laughs> that's that's a fair that's a fair point. Um, okay, so that's three of the decks down. Um, and now we've gotten to the 2.0 decks. Ruby Amethyst 2.0 and Steel Song 2.0. Um, we'll go Steel Song first, uh, just because I think this one's really straightforward. Um, if you aren't like super in the meta and don't know Steel Song, we'll get into a little bit of it to, to preface here and then just talk about some of the changes. So Steel Song is Amber Steel. You have Ariel from Chapter 1 that's a Singer 5. So it's perfect for like grab your, solar, grab your swords, a whole new world. Um, the kicker from this one is Chapter 2. You have the Cinderella Ballroom Sensation, which is a Singer 3. So you have Singer of... Um, let the storm rage on and strength of a raging fire and so you just are really really accelerating your ability to use those removal cards which is why this deck is so strong um, to supplement the rest of that you've got the queen 
uh, the new card in Amber, which is incredibly, incredibly strong. She shifts for two, so she could technically sing a whole new world on turn two if your hand is really that bad. Um, she also gives the ability to lower the strength of an opponent character by four when she quests and give your card four additional strength when she quests, so that gives you a massive advantage while challenging. Um, another upgrade would be Cinderella, uh, Stouthearted from silver or from silver wow from steel mm -hmm. which is one of our favorite characters yes it is 100 percent. she has all the abilities in the world she's a seven seven cost inkable but can shift onto baby cinderella that can sing which a lot of people miss because they're different ink types um but you can shift onto cinderella bomb sensation she has resist plus two so grab your swords and all of the soft removal don't work on her um then you've also got other damage dealing cards like Tinkerbell Giant Fairy. Uh, I know some people are using Fire the Cannons this time because of that aggro deck we just mentioned. Um, you've got a whole new world uh, to replenish your hand after you dig into and do all of those damage dealing songs. You're not going to have very many left, so you've got a whole new world to replenish. Um, and Steel. You can also throw in a Benja, which is a personal favorite. He's item removal, so if you're dealing with Popsicle, which we already talked about, you can remove the, uh, the Popsicle from the board and keep them from drawing. You've also got Sorcerer's Spellbook and Amethyst, which we were talking about when we get to Ruby Amethyst 2.0. But yeah, having item removal this, this go-round is just as important, I think, if not more important than set one. So yes. that's kind of the core package. You have a ton of songs that can be sang by... Cinderella and Ariel, which enable you to continue to play cards while keeping the board pressure through those songs. Yeah. And then you have a whole new world to draw off of. That's the number one thing is you're keeping your opponents at bay while still working on yourself and the, your board. Um, just while winning the game, you're disrupting. And I think that's the most important thing. That's a, um, that's a very, very good review. That's a perfectly said review. Then I'll end it there. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I, th I think that I think that's a very, very good way to say this is all of the songs can oppress your opponent very well, and since they're songs, you can continue to play your own cards too. So you get board presence, your opponent doesn't. When it's time to draw more cards, you a whole new world in. That's kind of the that's kind of the the, the play. Um, to fill out the rest of the package, there's usually. Um, Rockstar Stitch to get more low-cost cards on the board and to put a bunch of board pressure on there. Uh, there's also Rapunzel to heal and draw off of, um, which is a big one. Uh, you've got Simba Protective Cub to, you know, to protect your cards if necessary and to, um, to give a little bit more, you know, diversions if you need to, to protect your singers. Um, you can also throw in like a Hans from Steel from Chapter 1 that can deal a little bit of chip damage if necessary. Uh, but yeah, it's all about, like Jake said very eloquently, creating board control and putting pressure on your opponent to be oppressive. And then once you've gotten to a certain point, usually after a whole new world, you can just quest, 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 flood, flood, flood. Okay. Um, last deck. Ruby Amethyst 2.0. Jake is fading. No, I'm here. I'm 100% here. Okay. I'm, I just, I'm, I'm sure you guys can already tell. I just, I'm not as versed in the meta as I don't play nearly as much Pixelborn as, <laughs> as Zach does. I'll just say that. Nonstop. That's not fair. That's not a fair comparison though, because I play nonstop. So, 
Um, I'm just not... I'm not as versed in the meta. I don't know. Like, Zach is just much more. So I'm letting him... Like, if you're... I think you're getting a more expertise opinion from him than you are from me. So I'm letting him do a lot of well, the heavy lifting. I don't know about that. But anyways, Rubia misses 2.0. This is all I've played this week. This is by far my favorite deck. I think it's by far the best deck. And I will give you the reasons. So we've talked plenty about the Mem Merlin bounce package. Um... You also have the core of Ruby Amethyst from last time. So you have um, Maui, you have Be Prepared, you have Dragonfire, which has been upgraded to Lady Tremaine, you have Maleficent Monstrous Dragon, you've got Elsa. I know some people aren't running Elsa. I personally love Elsa. So you've got Elsa Spirit of Winter in there as well. And then all the card draw in the world. You have Maleficent from Chapter 1 that can play and draw a card, sing Friends on the Other Side, which is also in the deck. You have Merlin Rabbit, which also which draws a card when he's played and draws a card when he's removed. You have Mem Fox, which bounces Merlin Rabbit to draw that second card. You have um, Madame Mem Snake, which also does the same thing. And then you have Merlin Goat. And Merlin Goat and Sorcerer's Spellbook, I think, are the two cards that make this the best deck. So Merlin Goat, again, as we talked about on the Hyper Aggro deck, is you get a lore when he's played and you get a lore when he's removed. And so you don't even have to quest to get that lore. And so if you're up against a Popsicle deck, it doesn't matter. You play Goat, you get two lore. They can try to be oppressive and keep the pressure on the board. I don't care. Take the Goat out and give me another lore. Makes no difference to me. True. Secondarily, you have Sorcerer's Spellbook, which is... A three-cost uninkable item in Amethyst, which says exert or pay one ink to exert to gain one lore. So the thought and why I like this better than Popsicle is, is Popsicle very much has to get ramped very fast and draw the cards they need. If they don't do that, then they don't have the draw engine where you have Frenzy on their side, Maleficent, uh, Merlin Rabbit... And there's one other one that draws a card in here. I can't remember the exact list, but there's there's so much card draw and you control it. Like you can play and you know you can play the cards and know you're gonna get to draw. You might play a hero without an item on the board and popsicle, and you're not gonna get to draw off of it. So secondarily, like once you get past be prepared and you're playing, say, a popsicle or another Ruby Amethyst control or a steel song, I don't have to have cards on the board to win. All I have to have is my sorcerer spellbook. If I can keep the board clear and keep my Sorcerer Spellbook and get one per turn, at some point I'm going to get to 15 or 16, and then there and then I play a goat and it's over. Which is insane. Like it, an item being, and I know we've talked about Popsicle, but an item being that crucial to a deck is crazy. Like I, I never thought that we'd get there anytime soon, um, but it really is. Even though it might not seem like the biggest ability in the world, it is crucial. It's not. I, so it it it's. It's crucial in some circumstances. I've won plenty of games without playing it. I guess but if, if you're in a mirror match, like if you're playing Ruby Amethyst 2.0 and I'm playing Ruby Amethyst 2.0, if I get my Sorcerer's Spellbook out before you do, chances are I'm winning. That's, okay. Because so like... I get what you're saying. Yeah. So like once, you know, I be prepared. I clear the board. You have a Sorcerer's Spellbook. All you do next turn is quest. Like let's say in your hand you've got a Maleficent, an Elsa, and a Maui. All you have to do is just draw a card, 
quest with your sorcerer spellbook, put the pressure on me to do something. I don't want to play Lady Tremaine because you got nothing on the board. I don't want to play a Maui because he's not gonna he's not gonna quest for anything and he's not gonna change anything out. I don't want to play an Elsa because you have nothing on the board. And so then do I just sit there and, and pass my turn back to you where you just use your sorcerer spellbook again? Or do I try to get something going? Hopefully at that time I have like a goat or a rabbit or something to like get a little body on the board to draw off of. But yeah, sorcerer spellbook like is crucial for mirror matchups and for other heavy control decks. But that's 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 why I think Ruby Amethyst is better is because you don't have to keep cards on the board to win. You play Spellbook, you get one lore per turn. You play Goat, they decide they want to remove it. You get two lore that turn, plus the the Spellbook is three lore that turn. Um, so yeah, I think that's the best deck in the set. I will eat my words if something else comes back better. I'm sure there will be. There always is. Um, there always is. Or if something else is tweaked to make it better than this. The one that I've had the most trouble with is the Hyper Aggro. The Amber Amethyst Hyper Aggro. And the reason is, is because you don't really have direct removal until you get to be prepared. Maui can come in on turn five, but the Amber Amethyst also has a bunch of bounce. And so most of the stuff that's quested is bounced back to their hand. And so you can't directly remove it. And so it's, it's hard to deal with something that quick. But if you can somehow keep them down until you get to be prepared and then be prepared, you're in really good shape. I mean, again, I think that the the Amber Amethyst Aggro is, is still... I think it's still there. I think it's a more simple way of playing the game. So for it to be towards the top of the, uh, the decks, towards the meta... Is really cool. I think for people that just aren't as well versed and want to just get into like simple deck real quick that they can w win their league with, you know, that's. I, I agree. I think you can you can definitely win a uh, win a league with that. I don't think there are any legendaries in it. I think like like I said on that one, I think the most expensive card is Arthur, and he's reasonable to get if you need to. Um, so yeah, that's that's a matter of you. Final thoughts? I mean, um, I will say, like, the... I really... I haven't put as much thought... Like, I used to be Ruby Amethyst uh, Control last set. And I've heard everyone talking about it. Like, I've heard... I've just been focusing on my, my damage deck, which I know is not meta by any means. Um, but I've just been... I've had fun, like, fiddling around with that deck. Um, so I haven't focused on much... Um, like on cards, say like Arthur or, or uh, Lady Tremaine. But like the past few days, really these being brought to m the forefront uh, of my mind in Lorcana here, um, I've really seen like the crazy possibilities that are now possible with Ruby Amethyst 2.0. Um, and it makes me want to get back to my to my old roots. So hopefully by the end of the chapter, I can, I can get there at, at some point. Um, I just think that Ruby Amethyst looks like the most fun right now. That's the most fun one I have for sure. The bounce package with Merlin and Mem is a lot, a lot of fun. Um, if you can play a goat and a Merlin goat that gets you lore and then a snake that bounces a card after it in the same turn and they can't do anything about that goat, it's really fun and it really <laughs> annoys your opponent. So that's I like it because you can i feel like you very much control like what's going to happen like you can play a card and then you can strategize a way 
to keep it to where you can keep your opponent from doing what they want to do. That's why I like it so much. Also, to just say to your opponent, like, you're playing all these, like, scars and, you know, beast bells, whatever, and it's like, you're getting beat by a goat. Have fun with that. <laughs> and it and it does the, the property synergies that we've talked about. That, we've, so. that we love, yeah. Um, okay, so that's, that's meta review. I feel pretty good about this one. I think... I, hopefully that helps people. If you have any questions on how to play said decks or a little bit more in-depth analysis on any of the different things, shoot us a note. We'll try to like cover that in one of the upcoming like comment sections on how to, you know, play it from turn by turn, mm-hmm. or whatever. So, um, yeah, that's it. Again, everyone appreciate the time. Thank you for listening and sticking with us, and we will see you next time. All right, thank you guys so much. Bye.